investors where I'm in that range of between 20 and 30 properties. <clears throat> we're almost always selling one, but we're always looking to buy them or at least evaluate a deal. Okay. And so where I thought I could add value potentially for you was you being able to show people, Hey, this is how a conversation goes with an investor mm. and cool. don't just call them and say, Hey, what are you looking for? Yeah. What the hell? You know how many calls right. I get like that, that are garbage or I get that garbage, you know, uh, <laughs> form letter. Like what the fuck that pisses me off. I'm yeah. literally just like, I want to call them and just go, you're never going to get my business because you sent me a shit form letter. Yeah. I mean, if you want to land me, which there was a guy, like I had a broker for 20 years that I was, or 15 years that I was super loyal to, and he wouldn't bring me deals. Yeah. He wouldn't bring me deals. It was always, Hey, let's go look at this. That me telling him. Yeah. And so then I had a guy that reached out to me and was just like, Hey, I've got an off market deal. It looks like it fits what you do in your portfolio. Is it something you might be interested in? That guy had my attention then. Right. He was bringing me a deal. He was trying to land me as a fish. I loved it. And we ended up not purchasing that property, but we purchased the next one he brought to us. Nice. And I've now done probably, man, I don't know. I've millions. I've done millions with them, you know, millions of dollars with that guy. And that's, and it was somebody that I knew of, but kind of my periphery. Yeah. And when, so when he contacted me and had that conversation, so I thought, I watch all the stuff and how much you do for all these people out there. And I don't think it needs to be a half hour long segment, but I think if you wanted to do something where we banged it out for, you know, eight to 10 minutes of, Hey, this is how you get yeah. me, a, a guy who owns 20 to 30 units. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of guy in this market that's expanding. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not cashing my chips in, Yeah. but these are the things that I care about when someone's calling me and don't just call me and say, so can I be on your broker team? Or can I like, I obviously have people, right? Of course. You know, but the thing is, yeah. is if you're 50 to hundred, like you've got your own built team, you've got a Brian Casella rock star and you've got a couple of underlings, right? If you're a big 50 or hundred unit guy, hmm. if you're 10, 15, 20, 20, even 25 units, I don't have a team. And I play the game of you bring me the deal. I do it with you. If yeah. you bring me that deal, I do it with you. And the best way to do that is do an off-market deal. Right. You know, so I'm not sure if that's helpful to you, but I've loved your channel. I've loved all the help that you give people. We're helping people get on the property ladder with Lumberjack Landlord trying to just say, mm -hmm. hey, this yeah. is what we do. And this is what we want them looking for in agents. We say, go with a first-time home buyer. Go with somebody that knows the area. Go with somebody that's done the work mm -hmm. and engages you as a person to help yeah. you find out where you want to end up. Absolutely, bro. Now, real quick, have you ever been on the opposite side of the coin? Have you ever been an agent yourself or no? So I purposefully did not get my license. Interesting. Purposefully. Why not? Yeah. Um, because I make a lot of money in software. Okay. So my career in software. So I'm 43. I've done 23 years in software. I didn't go to college. I'm a ninth grade dropout. I'm just a hustler right. and just work real hard. And so I thought about it for a while and I was just like, you know, I'm climbing the ladder in the real estate, in the, uh, in the software thing. And that's really cool. And quite frankly, the real estate thing was always just my joy. Like I just yeah. fed off that and I lived, that was, that was what it was fun for me. Cool. You know, that's where I spent my money. Love it, man. Yeah. So and we can jump right cars. into it, dude. I actually started recording a couple minutes ago. I don't know if you noticed, uh, <laughs> so we can kind it. of piece that together, <laughs> but if you want, bro, let's just jump right into it. Let's do a quick introduction and let's just sure. run through it uh we can go as long as you want you know i have as long 30, as you want man 
30, yeah. 40 minutes at least sure. open right now. So I, I just really wanted to bring you on, Matt, because when you emailed me, um, it made sense because awesome. I, I always like hearing the opposite perspective, right? Yes. I'm always giving people, yeah, I invest too, but I'm giving people the agent perspective, right? So bringing you in, it's finally someone on the opposite side that's speaking yeah. from experience and not just a book. Yeah. Typically I'm getting yes. stuff from, you know, the real estate course instructors sure. or because you're not aware on the agent side, there's a ton of like certifications that we can get. Oh yeah. Right? Sure. Like, I'm a luxury sure. specialist. I'm an investor specialist and it's yes. all garbage. Yeah, right? sure. Like I'm not shooting down national association of realtors or anything like that. No, However, no, no, it's, get just, it. it's almost like when I went to school and I took a business class and the first question I asked the teacher was, have you ever run a business? And they tell me, no, no. well, uh, it's like, yeah. are you qualified? You know what I mean? So yeah, I'll take everything yeah. you say, you know, with a grain of salt, but I I'm not learning from you how to build a business. You've never built right. one. You've never been in it. Right? right. So I thought, you know, when you emailed me, perfect timing, dude, perfect timing. So awesome. we'll start with a quick intro and then we'll jump right in. Sounds good. Love it. BC. Go for it. Floor is yours. All right. Well, so my name is Matt Hawkins. I'm the lumberjack landlord. I own uh, 23 units uh, right now, only in New Hampshire. Um, but we've built that empire over a 18 year span. And, uh, you know, kind of my claim to fame is I worked my uh, W2 job and uh, just, you know, love real estate. And so started to get into that and sort of really understand that. And uh, it turned into, you know, I was able to get so successful at doing it that I wanted to just like you do, you know, share that experience with other folks, you know, really engage them and make sure that they can be the best that they can be. And I think the, you know, we push people a lot on Lumberjack Landlord to say, listen, you got to get on the property ladder. You got to get established. You know, these are the things that you need to look for. And one of the big things that we, you know, push on them to really learn and look for is that first time home buyer, mm. you know, and I think you do an awesome job of training. Like I've seen the training videos that you do for your staff. Like I didn't, I don't, it's not like I reached out to hundred people. I reached out to you yeah. because I see how you train your staff. And I think that that's so important that they have the right language, but that they also have the right target and they understand if you get just a few of me, you're going to make a lot of money every year. I agree, man. I agree. So let's jump right in, man, because I know sure. this is a very common question. I've highlighted some of these things a million times, but I'm sure they'd love to hear from your perspective in regards to, and I'll just throw some examples out. Let's say I'm an agent uh, and then let's say I'm already kind of seasoned, but I want to start working with investors and sure. I want to reach out to you personally, yep. right? What would be some, I don't know, some ways of doing it and ways of not doing it that you could give examples of for the audience? Do not send me a form letter. <laughs> I will write your name on a list and I will throw it out. And then I will not talk to you again. I hate form letters. I get way too many of them. Um, do not call me and ask me what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. My, you got, you got tax records, don't you? Like do a little bit of homework, show, you know, learn a little bit to show yourself approved. You know, if you're making me as a cold call, at least make me a warm call. And what I mean by warm call is have some information on me and my portfolio. It's in the tax records. You can see guys and what they own and how much they own and what the property is and what the region is. If you're targeting a town, an area, whatever it is, do a little bit of homework first because my time is precious. And obviously I have agents that I work with. I think the key is I do have agents that I work with, but if you bring me a deal, I work with you. I don't bring one of my other agents in. I treat you right. And that's really what I focus on too, is I tell people to find the deal, right? Have something. That's right. Cause I'm sure people are, are contacting you just sending out a mass, like you said, form letter yeah. to a hundred different investors. Yeah. And they think that you're actually going to respond. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Save your postage. <laughs> <laughs> Save your postage. I love it. 
it's, another thing, it's, another thing it's you brought up too, dude, wasted. Go ahead, yeah, yeah. Another thing you brought up too, that I wanted to bring up and you mentioned it earlier in regards to training my staff is, you know, the words, right? Yes. Um, if there's any new agents listening out there, what, what are some terms or things that you think they need to learn immediately over everything else? Wow. Um, when you get me on the phone, just be direct and tell me what you're calling me about. Because I do answer my phone, even with phone numbers that I don't recognize. Or if you leave me a voicemail, it should be, my name is BC. And the reason for my call is I have looked up your portfolio through tax records. I actually have a property that I think fits with your portfolio. Would love to have the opportunity to just get five minutes of your time to discuss it with you. Guess how many times I returned that call, Brian? 100% of the time. Every single time, without hesitation, I'll call you back. Guaranteed. So call me with a deal. And call me with a deal that's a little bit of a profile. Or even do a little bit of kind of figuring on your own and say, wow, this guy owns you know, a bunch of eights and he owns some sixes and he owns a bunch of duplexes and tries and quads. And hey, you know, it's, it's in that spectrum or it might be a 12 or a 15. These might be looking to expand. This is a guy that might want to put that deal together finally. And again, like I said, be, be direct, you know, tell me who you are, why you're calling. And the rest, quite frankly, largely takes care of itself. I will overlook a lot communication wise, if you're bringing me a deal, like really that's, that's the mother's milk of how I do business, you know? And that's the way a lot of my investors, that's the way a lot of us investors are. And you had mentioned earlier, I don't know if I was recording that you were loyal to a broker actually for 15 years who never brought you deals, right? True. True story. Yep. He never brought me deals. Um, it was always whatever showed up on the MLS in the last couple days. Hey, Brian, when something shows up in the MLS, how likely is that thing? If it's a decent deal, how likely is that thing still on the market four days later? Zero. Yeah. Zero day. Exactly. Zero chance. So that is not the way to get on my Christmas card list. And so I literally had a broker that I was used to that I liked. We were friends. He was a family friend. It was tough not buying through him anymore, but I had a what I would call just an ass kicker. Like he made calls and he found a deal and guess what? It was something where he was like, yep, I think I know somebody. And it was very periphery, you know, wasn't a close person that I knew really well and called me up. And it was a deal that wasn't exactly in my profile, but I looked at it and I could make money on it. So what did I do? I did the deal with him. I didn't do the first deal with him, but I did the second one that he brought. Love it. Now you brought up something uh, that's very important, which is people doing their due diligence before they yeah. just call somebody. Right. Yep. So again, my audience, I would say half of them are brand new. And when you say that they're like, well, sure. what do I do? What does that even yeah. mean? Sure. Um, great point. So, um, you know, way to bring that back. Yeah. Fantastic. So within, I, I don't know how California does it. I know most States keep tax records and they keep yep. who owns the property. Um, that's how I get all those crappy, you know, form letters. You know, and so just if you've done some homework or if you start to look at this is an area that I want to target, you go and you look and you see what people own multiple pieces of property in that area. That's a pretty good indicator that they're an investor because I'm not a huge investor, but I'm a good enough size one. You get a, you get three or four guys like me between 20 and 30 properties each. We're almost always going to be selling something, trading something, upgrading something, moving something, whatever, or a deal that we like, you know what? I like, it doesn't really fit my portfolio anymore. Let's jettison the pod. But the big thing for me is that work, that homework that you're doing. If you're cold calling me because you did a great job and you found a way to get my phone number or my email, 
you better be on point. You better be able to deliver me some information with that deal. And if you know a little bit about me and it's all there in the tax records, I'm not just a tax record, but it's a pretty good indicator of where I put my money, where I spend, where I invest, the towns that I invest in and the profile of those properties. Like I said, put an hour, hour and a half into it. And when you finally have a deal, you will get a call back from me. Just show me a little that you did a little bit of work on me and that you know a little bit what I'm about. You know, don't don't call me and tell me you've got a fantastic deal for me in Detroit, Michigan. I'm not interested. You know, so nothing against Detroit. Talked, we have talked a lot about <laughs> bringing the deal to you because uh, yeah. the question I get from people is, well, if I want to connect with Matt as an example and I don't have a deal, yeah, could they do it? And if they could, how should they go about it? Yeah, I think that one's, so I think that's a little bit tougher. I think yeah. it, the the only conversation that you can have, honestly, at that point is um, if you do leave me a message and you don't have a deal and you tell me, hey, you know, but I, I've done some work and it looks like this is kind of what your area is. Um, it looks like this is what you would be interested. Again, give me five minutes of your time and I'll be another feet, set of feet on the street that when I do get that deal, that I'm going to make, that I'm going to give you that quick call. Um, so the fastest way to get my callback is have a deal in hand. Right. The second fastest way is have done your homework and know what my profile is. You know, I'm not buying, I'm not buying a, an 80 unit multi family. Right. It's not, it's not where I'm at. That's not what any of my portfolio is. Um, so yeah, if you don't have a deal, at least understand who you're selling yourself to. Right. Love it. Now, would we be able to find you at any investor meetups or anything out there where you're at in New Hampshire? Would we, would we be able to find you on the street besides finding you on site looking at deals? Um, sometimes, rarely. Usually, uh, and, and it's not to you know be arrogant about it, but usually when you've kind of gotten to our size, yeah, you're usually not doing a whole lot of meetup stuff because like for me, I'm pretty, pretty well connected. Um, you know, I've done this last year, I think I did, or in the last 12 months, we did uh, eight deals and I think it was three different, bro three different brokers that we used, um, you know, and so my core broker got a lot of it, but the other, the other two brokers were not brokers that, you know, I did, I'd done a lot of business with in the past. I think I'd done like one deal with them, but they brought me a deal or they said, yeah. Hey, I'm working on something. Would it be something that we should bring to you if we're able to, you know, get them to agree and we're going to, we're going to move forward on it. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I mean, the big, the big thing is that homework and Brian, to your point, it, that homework is understanding who you're calling. Yeah. You know, if you're going to call some guy with a hundred units, you're likely wasting your time, <laughs> you know, likely, because they probably have a team. I mean, has that been your experience? I mean, you're, you're the one that deals with brokers and you are a broker yourself. So is that what your experience is? Yeah. You know, and that's one of the reasons I, I tell people to hit people more in the mid range or in the beginning yeah. phases, even reaching out to agents and asking for help. I say, yep. if you go for the big fish, a lot of times, even if they want to help you, they can't, they don't have the time. But if you go for the guy who's selling 10 to 20 homes who's on his way up, you have way more access to him. Just like when I started on YouTube, dude, I gave yeah. out my cell phone in the beginning and I'd get a call, <laughs> right? So you're laughing because you know exactly, right? It's a big mistake now. <laughs> yeah, yes. I gave it away and you know, yeah. once every couple of weeks or once a month, I'd get a call. I'm like, sure, I'll help you. And then now yeah. the phone is ringing, you know, 20 times a day outside sure. of my business calls. And that's why I have it on do not disturb 24 seven, you know? Yeah. Yep. So now you're absolutely right to your point. hundred percent. Now, can you maybe pop that 100 deal guy making a call? Sure. 
Maybe. But I would just tell somebody, if you're going to spend two hours making calls, leave your last maybe 15 or 20 where you go after the big fish and spend an hour and a half doing, you know, the other ones where you can really, you know, break some ground. And I think that's a better way to kind of separate your time and really schedule it properly, you know? Yeah. Before, before you date a 10, you need to have dated a seven. Right. You know, and just so you know, I'm the seven. I'm not the 10. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. So you said you're at 23 units currently right now, right? Yeah. Yep. I What's, am. what does it look like the next 12, 24 months? You looking to really up that or where are you at with that? Yes. Yep. Yes. All of the above. So really now, it, you know, with the market and the economy being what it is, it's really, uh, it's really an asset question, right? Mm. Um, because you can adjust some numbers on a 12 unit or a 15 unit or an 18 unit, and you can quickly make that look like an ugly duckling. You know, you can, because with, you know, how bad did COVID hit them where they had 72% collected rents and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So we were at 98.6 collected rents wow. through all of COVID. And so that's due in part to my proprietary model that I would never share. I'm teasing. Um, but yeah. that's, you know, a lot of that is just how, you know, we work with our tenants and have conversation with them. And so for our goal for us is yes, continue to grow. It continues to be smart growth. And it really comes down to, quite frankly, it comes down to the deal. You know, if somebody brings me just this fantastic deal and they say, hey, I know, you know, it's a 15. And so it's, you know, on the larger side for you. But that's something that looks, you know, hey, the numbers might be right because it's a depressed value right now because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, that's worth doing. So, I mean, I think the funny thing is right now, Brian, honestly, like I just did a flip. I did a flip like in this market, like why I'm got, like, I'm not a big flip guy. I'm a, yeah. I'm a buy and hold guy, you know, because after I've made all that value and created all that value in the, in the property, last thing I want to do is go, yeah, let's sell it and make a few bucks. Like I want to make a few bucks over a decade or two decades or three decades. So, you know, but somebody brought me a flip and I was like, yeah, you know what? I mean, we can keep some guys, we can keep some of our guys, you know, going and we can do something on the side and make a little bit. And yeah, sure. It was the deal made sense. So we did it. And you answered the next question. I knew you were a buy and hold guy, but I was going to ask if you, uh, you know, messed around a lot with fix and flips or if you were like 90, hundred percent buy and hold strictly. It's really strategic. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of funny because we bought a property that I thought for sure, like this fit our profile and it fit our, I mean, everything like check, 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 check. I was like, I love this deal. And then I finished it and the value came in so unbelievably higher than expected I need to move on. I need to take the money and move that into a different deal. Right. You know? And so the other thing for me too, is, is that I'm a big 1031 guy now, Nice. you know? So if you call me with a deal or something that you're trying to put together, I might even tell you, you know what, based on the deal that you're talking to me about, you need to push a little bit harder and get me a number because I have an exchange expiring in 35 days. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know what a 1031 exchange is, do you want me to cover that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So basically a 1031 exchange is, the government allows us to keep more of our money. Um, and basically that 1031 exchange is I have the ability to sell a property if I've not owned it for two years or lived in it for two years. So I don't pay capital gains tax or I'm paying short-term capital gains versus long-term capital gains. The value for me is, is I can buy a property. I can then basically get the thing ready to sell. Or when I do sell it, instead of having to pay tax on the profit, I can actually take that money and I can roll it into another property. Yeah. What I have to do in order to do that, though, is I have to sell that property first, knowing that it's an exchange and, and a third party uh, intermediary, a third party company actually holds that money from me. They pay off the debt that I owned on the property, but then all that profit sits there. 
I'm not allowed to touch it. And I have 45 days to name a replacement property. And then I have another 135 days in order to be able to close on that property. And if I do that transaction appropriately and correctly, then I don't pay tax on the profit that I had in my deal. Love it. Simple and concise. Thanks. 1031s are, can be long-winded, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course. I actually got that question from two or three agents today, and I was going over it with them, so I'm about to probably cut that from what you said and put it on YouTube and be like, here's your, <laughs> here's your link it to them every time, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Here's yeah. here's 57 yeah. seconds of 1031 gold. <laughs> yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you, you, you brought up a lot, you know, and we hear this with investors, and of course, the numbers have to make sense. So yeah. let's say for you, Maybe not yeah. right now, but like as a general rule, when somebody's looking at a property uh, in particular, yeah. let's say an agent is looking and they're looking at the potential for this to be a buy and hold, what are some of the main numbers and metrics they should be looking at before they say, hey, I'm going to pitch this to Matt? Yeah. Oh, really good question. Really good question. Um, if you have been an agent in your area, you should know what rents are. You should generally speaking know what rents are. And so if you're looking at a property, so I'm about to purchase a property that has not had appropriate rent increases for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. So it's an undervalued asset, right? Yeah. Supremely undervalued asset. So the numbers that I'm tracking are, what are the rents today? What are they asking? What can the rents be tomorrow if I do nothing? Mm -hmm. Like if I just buy the property and I have somebody out in 30 or 60 days, what can the rents be tomorrow? Um, and then, hey, if you put in 50 to 75 grand and I get it, new agents, you're not going to be doing that work. I promise. It took me years to figure out what I was going to spend on that stuff. But if you come to me saying this is a condition of property, even if you're taking just a few snapshots of the inside. So I know that like in the Northeast, when we talk about an older home, you're talking 1880s, not 1980s. And so we can be looking at a house. I know that you opened up in Boston, Brian. And that's one of the things that you're going to find is that there's a lot of homes there that were built in the 1880s, horsehair, plaster, crazy things like that. So just kind of staying on point with the topic is looking at the rents that are there currently, looking at what you think the market rents could be, like if it's a decent place and it's a clean place, but it's maybe kind of dated, giving me some comparables, or I know what those comparables are, but you can come to me and you can say, hey, listen, they want $800,000 for the building. It's a duplex and here's what the rents are. And, you know, here, and I think, and I know what that market is. Cause you're telling me, Hey, it's in this town and this area, you'll give me the address. Um, and that's fine. I, and just so you know, a real investor, they're not going to bust your stones for the address. They just aren't. Cause then they're trying to steal your deal and just don't, don't share that with them. Right. That's a good one yeah. that you threw in at the end. It's yeah. a mistake don't, that so many people don't share make. that with them. I Because I don't ever put people in that position. I'm not trying to steal a deal. I'm trying to work with people. And so if you've done the hard work, that's where I tell my guys, listen, you bring me the deal. Yeah, you're my guy. You don't bring me the deal and somebody else does. And then you bring it to me a week later. Come on. No, you didn't do your job. I reward effort and execution. I don't reward title. Absolutely. Love it. Now you brought up earlier, Lumberjack Landlord. Yeah. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So... Lumberjack. Hey, I think your mic cut out. Oh, can you hear me now? I can hear you, but I think uh, it sounds like you're a lot lower now. All right, here. Let me do this. Is this better? It's weird. It's almost as if like your your mic just shut off. I can still hear you though. Maybe it's through the um, computer now. I mean, we're still good if you want to keep going. I just uh, yeah. the volume suddenly went down so much. Here, how about is that any better? A little bit. Okay, so. 
Um, lumberjack landlord really comes down to one thing, which is I am a lumberjack. That was what I was deemed. I was a New Hampshire guy working in tech. I showed up in basically what I'm wearing today, a flannel. <laughs> so people got a kick out and they're like, what are you a lumberjack? And I was like, all you need to do is look at the sales board at the end of the month, bro. That's all you need to look at. <laughs> so the lumberjack thing came from that. The landlord thing came from, yeah, we just kept on building the company. And I think that a lot of people think they can't do it. And honestly, Ryan, with YouTube being there now, there's really not a home repair that isn't on YouTube 47 times. Yep. And so if you really want this, it's out there for you. And there's so many programs now, whether you like programs or don't like programs. There's a lot of programs now, like the 17.5 that Bank of America is doing, you know, and all they're offering there for those home loans. There's an awesome opportunity for first time landlords to make it to the market. We just want to be there and give them a resource because as you can imagine, the number of hangups that I got 20 years ago when I was making those phone calls, asking somebody to help me or asking a broker that was a multifamily broker, trying to get them to answer my questions. Yeah, right. It was a hard way to learn and no one really had time for me. And that's why I ended up starting with a family friend. And even he didn't have that much time for me. Um, but that's the lumberjack landlord thing is we just want to help people and equip people with, here are some things that we do in houses that really up the resale. We want to make our realtors jobs easier. And so we put good product, not garbage product into our places. You know, we do high-end semi-custom cabinets and special trim packages and door packages Things that when you walk through the house, it makes people feel like there's a high, much higher level of quality there. And it's because we're not a real flipper. If we're a real flipper, we're only looking at one thing, which is how much money can I get to the bottom line? Yeah. I care about my name. I care about my reputation. So when we're doing a house, we want to do it higher end. You know, we had one that we put on the market a couple of weeks ago um, on, and I think we put it on on a Thursday. We had 33 showings by Saturday. And we had an offer 13% over list within 24 hours. Wow. You know, and obviously we weren't trying to be, I, I even giggled and laughed at the broker. I was like, are you really that bad? You don't know their market. You were 13% off. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, that's the first time I was ever said that to me. They should, they're usually just happy. I got them 13% over ass. I said, I'm just teasing, of course. But yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, what we really want to teach on Lumberjack Landlord is we want, to, we want to equip people with the information that they need so they can find people like your training, which are first-time homebuyer agents that know the market, that are willing to ask the question, they're willing to identify with the person that it's not just, you know, this, um, I'm just looking to make a sale. Like identify with the person because you know what? There's a very high likelihood if they are an investor and that was their first property, if they liked you, they're going to be back for number two, number three, number four, number five. It can be a nice residual. And even if they just move into that house and then seven years later, they say, yeah, it's kind of hit my peak or 10 years, they've hit its depreciation curve. Guess what? You're that call. And you don't have to stay in touch with them every month. Stay in touch with them once a year, twice a year. Love You're it. not doing that many deals where you can't stay in touch with me twice a year. I know, right? Unless they're That's unorganized, which is the majority of our industry, unfortunately. Well, I mean, 90, I, you know, I'm famous for saying it, and it's probably none of your reps because I've never worked with an EXP rep or a Brian rep, but <laughs> I, here's what I can tell you. I hate 98% of real estate agents because they bring no value. Mm -hmm. They aren't doing anything different than anybody else is doing. And guess what? I had MLS access before you did. I can see everything that you're seeing. Bring me value. Do something.
you know, let earn the deal. But, you know, those guys that we have, we've done millions of dollars of business with them and we'll continue to do so. And the other nice thing is too, birds of a feather flock together. Yep. You know, I've got friends, you know, just closer friends that we probably own, I don't know, seven or 800 units. So if I don't like oh. the deal, I'll go, you know what? Man, that deal sucks. Why would you bring me that deal? And I'll be like, no, you know, you're bringing it, you need to bring it to Tom. Tom will actually do that deal. He loves that neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so we just know a ton of people. That's awesome. I love it, man. Anything else that you're doing, man? Are you on YouTube? Are you active on Instagram? Any other social media outlets? Yeah. So we just kicked off. Uh, we just kicked off Instagram. Um, we, we are on, uh, I've got a website. So lumberjacklandlord.com. And most importantly is we've got a YouTube channel, um, which is Lumberjack Landlord. We put a ton of content on there. We actually walk through flips. And nope. Brian, you know how expensive it is to get a video crew out there. Yep. You know, so we actually do that, but we do that for people. We invest in people and that investment that we make is in creating that content, which is walking through the flips, you know, showing them my, you know, gorgeous, luscious beard, um, you know, and giving people a good time and having some fun and handling real estate with some levity because we ain't curing cancer, but you got to have fun when you're doing it. And I think people will thrive off of that. So that's what we're doing. And I appreciate you asking. Love it, man. I mean, I think it would take me a lifetime to grow a luscious beard like that. Dude, so. <laughs> dude you're flowing the locks right now, my man. What are you talking about? Dude, yeah. Up here, yeah. man. While, from, while a, I... from, a, from a number one to a number 100. I know. And yeah. Only a couple months, dude. I, I think August will be a year that I've grown my hair. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but COVID agrees with you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so cool, man. Thanks for jumping on, dude. I'm sure we'll do this again. Um, I'll yeah. get all the links from you and I'll put them below in the description because uh, cool. I'm going to post this on my podcast and uh, on the audio and then I'll post the video on YouTube. I'll send it to my editor editor, and he'll uh, get it touched up. Um, cool. Anything else, man? Any other closing statements you want to make or anything? Yeah. I mean, honestly, appreciate the time. Hopefully it was valuable to folks. You know, um, if, if people put questions in, I'll certainly try and answer them for them, you know, and you know, a lot more of this same type of stuff. Like I said, I, I hope it's valuable to folks because we want them. I want more people calling me with deals and trying to create relationship with me and not, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Right. You know, Oh, Hey, I got a deal done, you know? So yeah, hopefully whatever we love to do it with you again. And just hopefully it's valuable to your listeners. For sure, man. Thanks for coming on. Dude, appreciate it.